you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. On towards Diaz again, Robertson and infield to Thiago Alcantara and Liverpool in and around the edge of the City penalty area as the volley goes into the back of the net and City are 3-0 behind, Sadio Mane gets his second and this absolutely miserable first half has now become an absolute nightmare. Oh, just a beautiful thing. I've still got goosebumps. We shouldn't have come in with Guns and Roses. We should have just come in with Love Songs to Midnight and played that highlight. Yes, Liverpool beating Manchester three goals to two, a game they thoroughly deserved to win to go through to the FA Cup final. Guy McRae from the UK. It's got a little bit of a, oh, you could turn that into a little bit of a gangster rap. Guy McRae from the UK joins us on the programme. Guy, good morning, good evening, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Good evening here. It's a late night here, reflecting on all the uh, on all the evening, all the weekend football, uh, Mark. But great to talk to you as always. Uh, happy Easter. Yes. Uh, look, I. I mean, the FA Cup in sort of probably the last decade or so has almost taken a little bit of a backseat to Champions League, uh, to the English Premier League title. A lot of clubs, the bigger clubs, tending to focus on uh, the latter two. But surely. With Liverpool, Chelsea now meeting an FA Cup final, this has only got to be good for the credibility of that comp. Yeah, I, I'd go along with that. I mean, it's already moving forward, as you've kind of talked about already. The talk here in uh, in England as well, in the UK about it, is looking forward to that that prospect of, uh, you know, at the end of the day, two of the most successful uh, clubs, not just in England, but in, in Europe, uh, in, in Liverpool and Chelsea going head-to-head again. I mean, it's the first time, I think, in 30 years that we've had the same two teams in the two domestic uh, cup finals uh, in in the same season going head-to-head. And it's just fascinating, really, because we're going to see Chelsea looking for revenge on one hand. Uh, Haven't had the best of records in FA Cup finals. They've lost the previous two. Um, So they're going, obviously, to try and win that competition again. Uh, But on the other hand, you've obviously got Liverpool there who could be going, and this is incredible to think about this for Jurgen Klopp's team. I can can almost see you there, Mark, in, in your studio, just smiling away at the moment of this this quadruple I mean it's going on it's just to me it's unbelievable what's coming through at the moment is just the sheer willpower of that Liverpool squad desire Um, we had an amazing first half against Manchester City but the way they were able to see it out the way this uh, this juggernaut this machine just keeps going on Uh, if you think of the week seeing off Benfica, now making the FA Cup final, the way they came back against uh, Man City last weekend in the in the Premier League, a game they probably should have lost, but they still managed to get the draw there. There's just this feeling that this, as I say, this machine is just going on, gathering momentum, and, and the quadruple is still a, a real possibility here. That's, that's unbelievable to think of that for Liverpool, uh, that it could happen. What was the difference... Um, Saturday or Sunday morning New Zealand time Saturday afternoon in the UK what was the difference between Liverpool and Manchester City seven days after they met in that clash in the English Premier League why did Liverpool look just that little much that that little bit better than City where Mm. arguably a week before I felt probably City were a little bit better 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say a little bit better, I think, Mark, in, in that game. I think by all accounts, you know, City probably should have won that game in the Premier League. And you think about that, the, the ramifications of that. I think there's a bit of a... You've got several factors involved there. I think an interesting aspect is maybe there's a bit of a, a psychological hold that Liverpool is starting to exert on City. And I, I think this is going to be interesting in the remaining Premier League games. They don't play each other again, obviously. But it's the fact here, City just can't shake them off. Overall, Liverpool are just there the, the whole time. Uh, you look at the game, uh, the, the FA Cup semi-final, at Liverpool's first half, Jurgen Klopp said that himself, uh, is one of the best first half, best 45 minutes that he's seen in his time as Liverpool manager. They were incredible. I think the first thing I'd say about Liverpool is the role of Sadio Mane in this, for me, is massive. Uh, just how important he has become. He's always been a key player for Liverpool, of course. Uh, but Mo Salah, obviously, in terms of open play goals, is not quite doing it at the moment. Uh, Mane really stepped up uh, in that first half in particular. Uh, just the variety, the creativity, the, the physicality of his game uh, w- w- was amazing, really, um, w- w- with Liverpool overall. So there's that factor as well. I think the other thing you can add to it, Mark, as well, we can't forget that Manchester City had that Champions League quarterfinal. I know Liverpool had issues in uh, seeing off Benfica, but it was nowhere near on the level of what City had mm. to endure uh, in Madrid against Diego Simeone's team uh, there. And I think there was a little bit of that in the first half, uh, which was understandable because that was an incredible um, effort from City to survive that, uh, that night emotionally, physically, everything else uh, to make it through to the semi-finals of the Champions League as Liverpool did as well. Guy, I want to. I, 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 it, it hurts me, but I need to because we do have a lot of Chelsea fans and we do um, have a lot of Crystal Palace fans out there. Uh, the game that was played <laughs> earlier, this, well, earlier this afternoon, your time in the UK, uh, Chelsea deserved winners there. I mean, I mean, it would have been a lovely little fairy tale for Crystal Palace, but it was not to be. Yeah, yeah, it was a fair result overall, Mark. I, I think uh, Palace were good. They were well organised. But once that first goal went in uh, for Chelsea, you just kind of sensed it was a little bit too far. We had the backdrop, of course, to it. You've got Conor Gallagher for uh, Crystal Palace. He's been so big for them this season, was ineligible due to the terms of the, the loan deal. He's a Chelsea player. That that hamstrung uh, really Patrick Vieira's side in, a, in an attacking sense. Wilfried Sahar was very isolated for a lot of the match. Uh, but the thing about Chelsea, you can actually say similar things about Chelsea that you can say about Liverpool, but in, in a different sense, uh, perhaps, because Chelsea's Champions League defence ended in the week, putting massive effort in uh, in Madrid as well, like City did against Real Madrid, then losing an extra time. But uh, really good, uh, if you like, bounce back uh, on that from that disappointment to come in and put in that sort of professional effort. I mean, me as a, a Spurs fan, I kind of say it through gritted teeth, of course, but I mean, Chelsea over the years, we've seen that, that professionalism, that resilience, um, shining through even in difficult situations. There's a lot of experienced players in that team, but then you add to it, they're academy graduates. They're academy graduates with the goal scorers in this one against Crystal Palace, uh, in Ruben Loftus-Cheek and uh, Mason Mount as well. So they're going to be a, you know, they're going to be difficult for Liverpool. We talk about the quadruple. We all know about the League Cup final at the end of February. What a match that was, how tight that was. Uh, but Chelsea have got this possibility of revenge. They're not going to be easy for Liverpool to, uh, to try and knock over uh, in the middle of May when they meet in uh, the FA Cup final. I want to talk about your mob, Spurs, because a wonderful battle ensuing for that fourth place 
You've come off a good run, wins over West Ham, dominant displays against Newcastle. In fact, you beat Brighton only a couple of weeks ago. But it was Brighton. You ended up losing 1-0. How hard is it at the moment being a Spurs fan? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm you're not right. sure I'm you, happy you, speaking you, to you about this, Mark, as I have been in previous weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a tricky one. We, uh, Spurs are still pretty inconsistent. I, I think there are a few factors here um, involved in the weekend. Um, Brighton played very well. Uh, Brighton, as we know, I think, again, Jurgen Klopp said that when Liverpool played Brighton, managed to win the match uh, at Brighton 2-0. Two, two but you know, recognised what a, what a, a well-drilled team uh, Graham Potter's got there. And, and we saw that at the weekend against Spurs. Uh, just how they were able to do something. If you look at Spurs' previous seven matches, 25 goals scored in that time. I mean, Harry Kane, Son Heung-min, Dejan Kulisewski on fire. Won six of their previous seven, but never looked like scoring, frankly, uh, in this one. And Bryden did an amazing job tactically. I could name a whole number of their players. Uh, I suppose I'd, I'd single out here Basuma um, as well, um, Wepu in the first half, Felipe Casado as well, Marco uh, Cucurella as well. It was actually, you could go on with this team. They were very, very well organized drills and basically shackled Spurs. And what you saw with Spurs, we've talked about previously, Mark, when we discussed Spurs. You've got an amazing front three there, but there's very, very little creativity through the midfield. I mean, I was watching that game on Saturday, Pierre uh, Hoybeer in the midfield just shrugging his shoulders, just saying, where is the movement? What, what is going on here uh, in the middle? There's a feeling with Spurs, you've got an amazing front three there, but if you can stop them, stop, cut the supply lines, if you like, what Antonio Conte said, close the space, was his phrase that he put for it, which Brighton did extremely well. Um, then it's difficult for Spurs um, in that situation to create. And that is a bit of a concern, but it's been a concern, to be honest, Mark, to me going to games, you know, all through the season. I've always seen a bit of a ceiling with this team. And I think for Conte, regardless of whether Spurs finish fourth or not in the race for the Champions League place, the final Champions League place, that's the big thing for him in the summer. He didn't have options off the bench, realistically. Bought Steven Bergwijn on, who had one chance, uh, didn't manage to take that. Lucas Moura was ineffective. You contrast it, you talk so much about Liverpool and about Chelsea, about Manchester City. This is where Spurs will look to go to. They have to look to go to in the summer. They have to look to add options. Uh, When the front three are shackled, when they're not firing uh, for whatever reason, does he have options off the bench that he can trust? Does he have the quality? We all know with Antonio Conte, his love of the system of three at the back and wing backs. Um, Has he got the quality in the wide areas? And his wing-backs, he doesn't seem to completely trust them. So it's going to be interesting summer for Spurs for a number of teams they're currently going uh, for the top four position in the English Premier League as they look to try and move their squads forward and try and mm. possibly try and get closer to the, the top three, the top two in Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, uh, in the Premier League for next season. Guy, there's only one thing that I guess um, helps Spurs fans recover when they do lose, and that's seen Arsenal losing. <laughs> uh, they've lost three on the trot now, um, so they had an opportunity to get the jump, um, secure themselves in the top four, but they were beaten 1-0 by Southampton. What is happening at Arsenal? Uh, not a lot's happening for them. I mean, it's the saving grace, as you say, for Spurs. Uh, you know, I was asked about this. 
why, who wants to take that fourth place? Uh, what people are saying to me at the moment, all of the clubs are slipping up um, right now. My answer to that would be the reason that it's such a competitive uh, top four race, so difficult for us discussing it, Mark, and for others to look at it and try and pick who is going to finish fourth in the English Premier League this season. There's a reason for it. If they were more consistent, they'd be closer to the top three. There are fault lines with all of these squads. I mean, I've already mentioned uh, with Spurs, the problems are there for all their strengths. Arsenal have got a big problem at the moment for me because um, they don't have much depth either. They've had uh, big injury troubles. I mean, if you think of Thomas Partey, how important he is in the centre of the park for them. Kieran Tierney at left-back, who has that really, really kind of determined air about him. But he's out for the rest of the season as well. It's quite a thin squad. Um, in contrast, perhaps, to Spurs, it doesn't have quite a level of experience that Spurs... Spurs' squad has. They have some very, very talented youngsters, uh, but as we know, all the best squads have got a mix of youth and experience. So they've got a problem. They're on a losing run, and they've got difficult fixtures coming up. I mean, I'm rubbing my hands at these ones uh, as a Spurs fan because, you know, they've got Chelsea coming up, then they've got Man United, who are back in, trying to rekindle their hopes of possibly finishing top four. And they've got West Ham after that as well, another top six, top seven uh, EPL team. So, it could get even worse for Arsenal um, off the back of this. Because as you say, lost three in a row, and they are not the easiest three fixtures uh, coming up uh, to try and get their bid for the top four plays back on track. Let's move to Manchester United um, beating, uh, winning uh, 3-2 over the weekend. Cristiano Ronaldo, is he of benefit to United in the long term or is he detrimental to the cause? Oh, I'm saving your best questions here <laughs> later on. Oh, this is a really, really tough one. Um, Man United, uh, Eric Ten Hag obviously is uh, is going to be coming in there, I believe in the summer. They have got, they've got huge issues if you look at their squad in terms of their recruitment strategy and it links to your question about Ronaldo. Uh, I mean, there's insiders at the club have said that last summer it was never part of the main strategy to bring him back um, overall but you do wonder on the face of it where they would have been this season without him uh, if you look at his goals uh, the impact he's had in fixtures I know that as a, as a Spurs supporter myself because you look at the Norwich game at the weekend very very similar actually to the game with Spurs uh, last month where United go a couple up he scores both the goals then their old kind of weaknesses come to the fore again, allow the team to come back in at Old Trafford, back to two each, and then he single-handedly basically wins them the game, gets his hat-trick, they have a 3-2 victory. Um, so, in, in a sense, he's massive in that he's won them so many points individually um, in, in the season, so you wonder where he would be. He's only, what is it, now third in the standings, uh, the Premier League top scorer standings behind Salah and behind Son, overall 15 goals in the season. But in terms of Man United, where they're at, and why I can't, frankly, Mark, get too excited about them for top four, um, is that they are so reliant on him. Um, overall, you look at his involvements in the season, uh, everyone talking about they're back in the race for the top four. With respect, they beat in Norwich City, you know, who are at the bottom of the table. And that's getting them back in with a faint glimmer of a chance, I would say. I would give Spurs and Arsenal are the favourites for top four, uh, mm. in, in my mind. I don't say that Spurs, you just look at it with the teams, the respective squads. They are so uh, reliant on him. They have got huge problems uh, going forward, Man United, in terms of their squad because 
of the role that he has, uh, the impact he has, you can even look at that game against Norwich. You can look at someone like Paul Pogba, even Bruno Fernandes. Because of the way he plays, that he is very, very single-minded in the way he goes about things when he picks up the ball, not too keen on passing to others, um, that it stifles their other possible creator, creative outlets. So, um, as a result, Man United as a team going forward uh, with a team dynamic, what I guess Ten Hag will try and do, try and bring a, a DNA, more of a team philosophy, a, a build in terms of how they approach uh, matters on the pitch. It's going to be an interesting one for them. Uh, they can't keep going on and relying on someone who at the end of the day is going to be, yes, one of the greatest players of all time, still an incredible goal scorer, as we saw again at the weekend. Uh, but United can't keep relying on him, and that's why for them they've perhaps got the biggest amount of work to do in the summer window of those teams currently going uh, for top four because they can't be relying on someone who's going to be turning 38 years old going midway through next season to keep pulling them out of the mire uh, to win football matches in the Premier League. Guy McRae, as always, lovely to have you on the programme. I just want to ask you this. What time do you go to bed most nights? Because we often share footballing texts and conversations. <laughs> and sometimes it's like 11 o'clock in the morning New Zealand time and you're still, we're still going back and forth. And I'm thinking, man, it must be about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning over there. Yeah, but it's a love of, uh, love of the game and love of sport and love of uh, chatting with you, Mark, whatever the medium. That's what keeps <laughs> things going. Guy McRae, as, as, as always, lovely to have you on the programme. Thank you for your time this morning here. Guy McRae out of the UK talking all things Premier League football, the FA Cup. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit Website of stuff.com.